this has been my team since I was a kid. My name's DMC. I'm the king of the rock. And on the football field, we won't be stopped. The king of the rock and me is not real. And there is nothing better than being a Pittsburgh Damn, it feels good to be a Steeler. DMC coming out, getting me pumped. I wish it was for the Najee pick, though, because he came out and announced some guard. He's going to have the best, like, draft bite for the rest of his life because uh, DMC killed it. But welcome back to Terrestrial Takes. I'm at Duchesne's, and I'm welcoming in my co-host and good friend, Tim Nobbs, at Nobbs, double N, double B. How are you doing today? Hey, buddy. I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's sunny out in Wisconsin. It did rain earlier, but... Sun's come out and it's been a really nice day. Got some stuff to do before we pack up the truck tomorrow, but we're uh, we're making our trek out to Texas. That's awesome. We had a little bit of a time mix up. Tim is uh, an hour behind, but thought it meant he would be an hour ahead. And I had taken an edible thinking that it would kick in when we were done, but it's hitting hard now, boys. So we are flying high. But NFL draft. I got to admit, it was a bit of a bummer as far as fantasy uh, expectations and landing spots. Uh, I feel like a lot of us weren't pumped, but we'll be getting into that in a little bit. We're back on the news cycle. We had a great guest, Elliot, last week, which we will also talk about at the end of the pod. You got a quick takeaway from the draft you want to get out? Honestly, for fantasy, it just felt like a lot of it was just a disappointment. And you're like, okay, this player will shine through. Well, this guy will at least get that golden spot. Yeah. And it didn't seem to be that way for a lot of it. There was no CEH like, what? Or there's no like, the ones that, the the spots that players fell that were good, I feel like we kind of knew. And then everyone else didn't fall where we had thought or hoped. And now we're kind of cycling through the shit. But or you're the Packers and continuously take offensive linemen and Amari Rogers as your highlight piece for the offense. That's definitely what we will talk about. But news items, we're going to start in Denver today where Jawan James ruptured his Achilles. It gets worse than that, and Mahomes has even chimed in on this. But uh, because this happened away from football, it seems like the Broncos could be – they could get, have a way of getting out of paying him the contract this year. Non-football injuries, what they say. Uh, they The Broncos haven't said anything yet if they will or will not pay them. But, uh, yeah, Mahomes came out and said, so they're going to take his contract for working out in the offseason. James has only played 63 total snaps since signing a four-year $51 million deal in March of 2019, but has since gone on to tore a meniscus as well as an MCL and fell in Achilles. I still think he should get paid because NFL players get screwed a lot. But, uh not only did the Broncos fuck up not taking fields, it seems they fucked up not taking Slater. Uh, that's a shout out to Linda too, who wanted them to take Slater there. But uh, yeah, what do you think about this? You think they're going to pay him? I think they will, but I think they have to. Like, right? I'm not saying that they're going to, or like they're even obligated based on how the contract's written. But good luck signing for agents in the future. And I think this opens up a whole new bag of worms or can of worms, a bag of worms in a can that. This may have to be something discussed with the next CBA because he wasn't 
you know, he wasn't doing something that what he wasn't riding a jet ski where he shouldn't have been or something like that. He was working out. Yeah. And then you have limited hours, but per the CBA about how often they can work out during certain, certain parts of the season and how often they can be like um, in the facilities, things like that. So if they're going to say, Hey, we can't do this. I think this, this could open a huge uh, talking point for a lot of the CBA and how that gets handled or maybe bonuses in the off season for working out. So then there are the opportunities for players to work uh, at the facility. So things like this don't happen. Yeah. I mean, remember last year, Lamar Jackson playing football on the beach runs into a jet ski or something like it wasn't, it didn't seem like one of those situations. And I mean, it's not like Lamar got hurt from that or did he, I mean, he was struggling with a little bit of a knee problem. I don't know if it came from that, but it definitely seems like this is something that's going to be worked out in the CBA and, Anything else on Denver? I think we're we will be getting back. We'll be getting back to Denver. Don't you worry. I'll wait for for my lull Broncos moment <laughs> in a few minutes. I think I think we're good here. All right. So moving on to Detroit, the dumpster fire of a team that is going to be the first 0-17 team. That's my terrestrial take of the week. So as you might have heard, we have a little bit of a new thing going on here. I hope you guys enjoy my terrestrial take of the week is that the Lions won't be 0-17, but they will be 2-15 and and be the first overall pick and draft Sam Howell. They're going to be the worst team in football this year. But they And the reason why is because they waived on Johnson this week. Uh, that's it. They're, now it's over. Uh, t- only 23 years old, but uh, had, had, had all the... Had, had the whole future in the in the palm of his hand. I can't believe he's only 23 years old. He's got to be the oldest 23-year-old ever. He's got like 23 knee surgeries. But yeah, carry on Johnson, waived by the Lions. What do you think of this? I think they gave him every opportunity. Carry on was a guy I really liked coming into the draft. Uh, I really liked his running style, and I thought he could contribute in the passing game, which he did. But, you know, I, you can't feel for... The, him in terms of the Lions cutting him, you can't be like, oh, poor carry on. Like they did everything they could to try to make you successful. I mean, yeah, they're, they're finally building their own line, which is getting pretty to be pretty decent just based on their youth and how long they have locked up and secured for, but it's time to move on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's done. I think he still has a, a chance to have a role, but based on his limited health, his role can probably not be counted on by a lot of coaches for it yeah. to be much larger than just, you know, a complimentary back. Yeah, he'll definitely find a place somewhere. He's only 23. This class is so full of just non-impactful running backs or even just very limited role in an NFL office type running back that he'll definitely find some place where they'll try him out for sure. NFL teams churn through running backs. Uh, Speaking of bolstering their offensive line, though, the Lions have signed Frank Ragno. Ragnow? Ragnow. He's Rigatoni. Now- <laughs> Frank Rigatoni. <laughs> Frank Rigatoni is now the highest paid center. He can afford many meatballs. I think this is a good move. I really don't know much about Frank Rigatoni, but uh, highest paid center over Joe Tooney? Man. I mean, it seems like a very Lions move. It's probably not going to work out. Uh, this team is going to suck so bad. I can't express that enough. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I never... I never hate on a team signing the fat dude, so good on them. It's been the year of the of the centers. You know, we got three separate centers getting some major bucks. I actually I like what they're doing at the offensive line. Ragnar really sets the tone. He's a really good center. 
And I think this, this could, uh, obviously he was already on the team, but like the way that they're, they're developing and building this offensive line, it could be, uh, speak some volumes or give, uh, Swift some great opportunities in the upcoming seasons. I don't know if it'll be this year with golf, but they, they should have a pretty good line for him to work behind. That's for sure. Well, you know, they got rid of carry of, uh, Kenny Galladay. So that vacated, you know, 15 targets and they vacated, uh, somebody else who left and so swift's gonna get 300 touches plus 150 targets uh he's rb1 behind the dog shit team and yet no one wants to draft jared goff jared goff is not draftable but everyone wants to take swift as a top five rb so uh, i don't know couldn't be me guys i love swift but i'm just not paying top five running back prices for him sorry not doing it uh frank ragatoni he might uh be the highest paid center but Joe Tooney has the honor of winning the terrestrial take free agency bracket. So you can take that home to the home to the, to the wife with the bacon from the bank. And the chiefs also drafted my second favorite center in the draft Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. Pretty excited to see where, where he ends up lining up if he gets uh, inside of that starting lineup, because that line should be much improved over last season. So if he was your second, did he move up uh, after landing spots or how, how far was he in your center rankings? I'm not actually sure I answer that question. <laughs> just fuck you. Yeah. I know. But yeah, the, the greatest part was that he went behind Myers, who the Packers took. And Myers was not ranked as my number one center. <laughs> so. You know what I always say? Talent should establish your center tiers. And landing spots should uh, should move them, move them around. I don't know. I said something like Within that. Within the tiers, yep. <laughs> but with centers. So... We were just speaking of Green Bay's line. What about the guy under center? Do we really have to talk about this? I need to hear it. You want to tear my heart out? You want to tear my heart out on Thursday night? Oh, my God. (laughs) Is Rodgers gone or is he pulling another Rodgers stunt? Because I feel like he's done this before and gotten, you know, contract extensions. This seems pretty legit. I mean, I don't know. Do you think he's gone? I feel like if he was going to be gone, they should have already moved on from him before the draft. Rodgers is the king of messages because I feel like he's subtle. And I feel like then Green Bay doesn't listen to him. And I think we see this through their actions just based on how he wants to contribute more on player personnel decisions. I, I think a three or four time MVP has deserved that or earned that right to do so. And for a front office to have that much ego is really bad. And as we've seen through the last couple of drafts, Gutenkus really isn't that good at drafting. So, That's true. so you're on the player's side. You think the players should have more power? See, here's the thing. Even going back to like the the union i'm not really that pro union when it comes to just union but i'm very player pro, pro player union because of how limited their careers are and i always am happy when a player gets paid but like when it comes to like rogers you know pulling stunts and getting extensions or getting more money i think that's his only play i think that's that's what they the only thing they respect when it comes to him saying this or doing that but i'm truly actually i, I talked about this with my uber driver yesterday going to the airport I truly believe that Rodgers is at a point in his career where he he would be totally fine stepping away and doing other things because of his you know experiences in in Hollywood or whatever else because I know he runs in those circles. But 
I don't think he wants to be done playing, but I think he wants to be respected in the way that he should be as, you know, four-time MVP. So I got to say, I disagree more because I think I have to stay uh, consistent where I hate how LeBron has basically ruined the NBA by t- taking power and trying to be a, a quasi GM where he basically is the maker of moves, but doesn't have to, you know, take the grunt of any of the bad decisions. I don't think a player should be a quasi GM unless he has that title. I mean, are you going to take, is Aaron going to take the bad, like the, the negative feedback for drafting Jordan love last year? Like, well, we, we know he would not have done that. So, but let me just throw that. Let me just throw it back. One more thing back at you with his experience. So in the past 12 months, they've drafted a, a backup quarterback. Then they skipped on receivers in a draft. One of the best receiver drafts of all time, supposedly like going into it. Then they, in the NFC championship game, take him off the field in the final two minutes of the game, as well as can't run a defensive game plan with Kevin King to save their lives and give up multiple touchdowns that were just Kevin King, not understanding coverages in the last 12 months, the very peak parts of the NFL season, they have shown that their decision-making power is not very good. However, he won the MVP, maybe bringing it in love, not bringing in receivers, pissing them off, brought them to that next level. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't really believe it. Think this, if they but... drafted, you know, Justin Jefferson, which maybe by the he way, gets I lax. Think, I think it's really, really funny that we didn't hear the Packers want to trade up for Justin Jefferson or Ayuk until a year later. A <laughs> yeah. year later. Yeah, it's easy that, to say. Oh, well, we tried to trade up for him. What what did you offer? A third round pick? Yeah. Like Come it's on, easy. Man. It's so easy to say now. Like, no, Aaron, we tried. I swear. Yeah. If I had to bet. I would say he stays, but if he's gone, where do we think he goes? I felt like San Francisco was a great place before the draft. You could have got that fucking third pick and, you know, taken your quarterback there or something. What about my AFC North champion Browns trading with Baker and sending him there? That's a win. Now that, that that would make them the favorite easy in that division and that division. It's a, it would be more of a matter if the Browns were ready to move on from Baker. And I would say, I like Baker. I think Baker has a good year if he stays there in Cleveland. I think he pops this year, to be honest, in fantasy. But if you're given the chance to get Rodgers for Baker straight up even, I don't know. I, th- I feel like that's a, I feel like that's something you might want to ponder. <laughs> I think the Browns would jump at that opportunity, and I think they should. I Okay, so from everything I've heard, it was San Francisco – because it sounds like he wants to move west, San Francisco, Denver, or Las Vegas. Las Vegas would be fun to see if he can revitalize. Um, a you want to go from Green Bay to fucking Las Vegas? I'm saying that that was rumored. That was rumored. One of my favorite things about this whole report, though, um, is that the Packers are going to search for QB options and OTAs. Yeah. Guess what? So does every <laughs> other team. That is a non-story. Yeah. You should do that every year, no matter who you are. But Wait, I, I want to ask me you brought quarterbacks in at OTAs. No way. Do you like Aaron Rodgers as a dude, as a guy, like, as a player or a person? Do you like him? Do you like rooting for him? I think he's so misunderstood. And I'm not even doing that as a Packers fan. I'm doing it as like um, a personality type trying to understand Rodgers because Rodgers is very much not wanting to be in the public eye. He likes, he likes to do certain things. He likes to read a lot. Yeah. He likes to go on jeopardy. And I think people, he's kind of, like, he actually, I think he's, he, kind of I don't, I can hear that. And I'm not saying that that can't be perceived. And I'm not even saying that that isn't even a, a potential 
you know, actual attribute of him. But I think a lot of it comes off as a guy who's very private that like doesn't, he, he reacts differently than the star-studded quarterbacks that want to be in front of the camera, if that makes any sort of sense. I guess, but I think he does want to be in front of it. I think he wants it to seem like he doesn't, like he's so mysterious. I don't know. I think he's he's fair. He might be – I mean, now that we have Mahomes, it's, but I think Rodgers was the most gifted quarterback I ever watched in my lifetime, and I watched him do things I've never seen quarterbacks do. And it was awesome to watch, but I was like, man, he's a douchebag. <laughs> Like, and it's not even hatred. Like I wasn't rooting against him. It was just, it just made it hard to root for him. But I was still like, damn, he's so good. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to articulate exactly how I felt about him. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm jealous. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen the man literally go into halftime, like unable to walk and come back out with glazed over eyes, come back against the Bears. Like I guarantee you, he had troubles walking after that game. I don't, I don't question Aaron Rodgers' commitment to the, to his position, his craft, or his team. But that being said, you got to think after 16 years, certain things are going to grind you. But quick question, and I read this on Twitter, and I love the question. Would you, knowing what their primes are, would you take prime Aaron Rodgers or prime, which I don't even know if we've seen exact prime Mahomes yet. If you know that what their prime, let's say whatever year is, let's say 25 through 28, it could be a different year if you look at stats or whatever. Let's just say for argument's sake, you can have them for year 25 through 28. Which yeah. one are you, are you picking? I saw this and I actually saw someone say Mahomes because of the rushing upside. And I was like, all right, tell me you're fucking 13 without telling me because <laughs> Rogers had five years of like 500 rushing yards. Like uh, I'm taking Mahomes and it might be that he's suffering from hindsight because um, he chokes a bit. And I mean, he gets it excused away a lot of the time. I don't feel like he ever really takes much of the blame because there are a lot of excuses that can be made and can be had. And Mahomes still has the whole future ahead of him. Um, I'm still taking, I'm taking Mahomes, but it's not, it's not an easy choice. It's not. Cause like I said, Aaron Rodgers was the most, he was the best quarterback I ever saw growing up. Rodgers was the best quarterback and quarterback, whoever quarterbacked Phys- like ability wise, not exactly best leader or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mahomes came along. It's yeah. Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. My only thing with Mahomes is he needs to learn how to check down. Like he always wants to go for the fucking home run every time. And when you have, when you have the ability to do so, I know it's hard not to, but. Honestly, I think that's how their offense is set up. I think they want to take as many shots as possible because they're really not, they're not like, efficient on like third down and things like that because they're they're just taking shots and they're sometimes actually a lot of times they're aggressive enough to go on fourth it can be dangerous too if you can't run on the clock so that's just something to pay attention to the game changes the game always changes it evolves but i think there's some fundamental stuff that will always shine through or come back like it's the the game today is a speed game out in space and things are smaller and faster but once once these athletes get bigger and faster, like you might go back to a, a more of a, a strength power game. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to see how the game's changed. Speaking of smaller and faster, my terrestrial take of the week. I truly believe that 2-2 is a value in rookie drafts for 
best ball leagues. Ooh, I can see that. So you think he gets the? So what do you think he gets? Like two to three big blow up games? Like I don't know if he comes in and, and demands like a, a, a decent target share or like multiple snaps, like games with multiple snaps. Well, I think it's the argument more or less is from the the best ball dynasty leagues that I'm in, he's going like late third, early fourth. And there's very few receivers that you could have as like your seventh or eighth receiver on your best ball dynasty team that gives you as much upside as a speed wide receiver in a McVay offense that they selected pretty early in a draft. The third round of a best ball? Yeah. Of a, a best ball rookie draft. Oh, what? I didn't even know those were things. Yeah. Live, laugh, bust ball, man. I don't I don't live that life. I, uh, yeah, I thought you just drafted a team. Like, what is this, a dynasty best ball? Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't even think of that. It's I never great. Even... It's so great. That's interesting. Because you have to think ahead of time because a lot of the time, many moves are blocked during the season. Yeah. So you have to really fall back on your acumen and your ability to, you know, really decide what players you want or how you want to build your roster. Maybe you want a, a bunch of multiple running back options that may not be as high of caliber, but then you have a very stacked wide receiver room, things like that. So that's interesting. I don't know if I would ever do it, but you do you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I got fields in it. I'm not even mad about that. I don't know how you could be mad about not getting fields unless you're the Broncos. And I think I got Rundale Moore on that too as well. That's a good pick. All right. We're talking, we're getting into some rookies. We might as well just kick it to the main event. It's time for the main event. So for the main event this week, we are talking NFL draft and rookies and landing spots and all that shit. You haven't heard it anywhere else. It's the only pod you're going to get that information. So be glad you tuned in. Don't uh, even look at the other pods because they'll, they're will they just going to mislead you that they're talking about this and they're really not. Yeah. I mean, you probably already listened to them because we're a week away from the draft. So we are late to the show on this one. But uh, for my main event on the show sheet, I have... Draft banter. I have nothing else written down. So where are we starting? I think we start with quarterbacks. And the first thing I want to talk about is how does Fields drop past seven, nine, and ten there? How does Detroit not take him? How does Denver not take him? How does Carolina not take him? And I would even throw it. Uh, I would even throw Atlanta in there. But that one's not too egregious. I think those other three, Detroit, Atlanta. I think those other three, Detroit, Carolina, and Denver, really fucked themselves. Uh, they took – we have a lineman. I mean, Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell's a good pick. But Detroit, I mean, how – I don't know. It's a good pick, but, like, you're Detroit. You're going to suck so fucking bad. You need a quarterback. And then you go to – you go to Denver. Denver, you need a quarterback, bro. You you need one. You can't do it. They got Teddy. I know they got Teddy, but they they upgraded from four-win Drew Lock to six-win Teddy. Like they just don't want to win or something. They have a team that could go do it. I mean, there was imagine being a Denver fan. You go from Roger talk that night to Justin Field talk. And now you're you're back with Drew Lock and fucking Teddy. Like 
I don't get it. So how does how how does Justin Fields follow it? Am I wrong? Is is he not the one on one? Uh, he is my second rated player on my board. Uh, my third rated quarterback was Lance. So I actually do like where Lance went. That being said, I don't think Teddy or I don't think Field should have gotten past Carolina. Now I understand there could be some love for for Sam Darnold, and I appreciate them giving him a true opportunity. But my dream scenarios for Fields or Lance were to get to Carolina. Yeah, every, everyone in fantasy. Well, it's such a dynamic and athletic offense that like they can match the quarterbacks that can roll out, have some touch on their throws or throw it deep. Lance has, to me, maybe not the best arm, but I think he's got some of the best touch um, in this quarterback class. It would have been really nice to let those receivers run their routes, find their nuances, create just enough separation, and the ball's just floating to them. Well, then you, yeah, you have to love him going to San Francisco then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot more than Mac Jones. Yeah. That, what a fucking shit show that was. Smoke, screen, call it what you will. It was a bunch of bullshit. Well, I heard, I heard the report that Shanahan heard someone say it, so they just went with it. They just let yeah. it go. They, they just never, they just never said no. Yeah. They just never yeah. said no. <laughs> I mean, they make it too easy on them sometimes. Uh, speaking of Mac Jones, uh, I was not happy when the Patriots took him. It's been a week to digest, and uh, I've come to the conclusion. I've always said he's fine. He's not. It's when I say he sucks or whatever. That's hyperbole, hyperbolic, and uh, I, uh, I think he's okay. I think he's a mediocre quarterback, and I was pissed the Patriots took him because now I have to fucking root for the guy. I did not want to root for Mac Jones. I wanted – because all everyone said was, oh, he's Tom Brady. Mac Jones is so good. 4,500 yards and 40 touchdown back. Best completion percentage. And I don't think he's that good. He was surrounded – like, he was just surrounded by so much fucking talent, dude. And now I have to root for the guy. I want him to root for him to suck. And now I can't do that because I don't want the Patriots to suck. Uh, I don't think they reached necessarily because he was going to go in the first. They needed a quarterback. I just never thought they would do it. I never thought Bill would do it. I never thought he would take a quarterback that early. So I don't like Mac Jones, but I have him a lot. In fact, I have him a lot on my teams. And I guess I'm rooting for him to be pretty good. But go Cam Newton. I'm wondering when he starts. When does he get to play? And when that happens, is it going to be the two tight end set that they're going to pound the rock and he's going to throw it deep or, you know, try to, because I think truly with max skill set, I think Aguilar, if he can actually catch the ball is going to be the receiver. That's not, maybe not the one, but the one that gets most targeted. I actually really hope to see some good things out of Nixon, to be honest with you. I really like him as a, was as a later round wide receiver out of uh, central Florida. I, I think he's got some skills and I think he's pretty smooth. I don't know about his upside, but I would like to see some stuff out of him. But so that makes me wonder what the offense is going to be like. That's so hard to predict or project a ceiling that then you're wondering for fantasy, what is this guy worth? And if we were talking about Andy Dalton being his best case, but now he's in a, a complete run first offense, yeah. he's going to be, 20 the the 20 attempts per game for 175 yards and maybe a, a score and a half every game is that a, is that what we're looking at i think that's very likely i don't think they're going to be throwing 30 times a game with him 
And it's like he's learned. What is he going to learn under Cam Newton? Like the, the offense is a lot different than the Tom Brady offense they ran two years ago. It's uh, not nearly the same. I wonder who would be the. I think Myers has a chance to be the most targeted player. Uh, with oh, Mac. that's true. With Mac, probably. I'm probably looking at like valuable targets deep as what yep. we're talking about with Aguilar. No, like, I totally yeah, get that. Myers probably would be the the, the target leader for sure. Um, I think this helps your Henry and Johnny shares if you have those because when they moved there, when they both signed there, no, I'm not over this. When Johnny signed there, people were like, 100 targets, tight end one with Cam fucking Newton. What the fuck are you talking about? They vacated all these targets. Yeah, the targets were dog shit. They were in the fucking dirt. And then two days later, some shit, Hunter Henry fucking signs and they go, tail tucked. Yeah, I might have been a little overzealous. Is this death for Devin Asiasi? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's he's been. What about what about Dalton Keene? Is he still he still a thing? He's also a decaying body. Oh man, (laughs) I tried to trade JJ Taylor and Asiasi for a third rounder, a future third rounder today. It didn't get accepted. (laughs) By the way, the guy was a Patriots fan. (laughs) Oh, that's probably why he knows. (laughs) I was hoping the other way. I don't know. Um, I mean, a lot well, of preseason preseason last year, he wanted every one of my Patriots that I had on my roster. He wanted to trade for him. Okay. So he is an idiot. So I tried, but I was a year late. Yeah. I had offered a fourth for Asiasi and was declined. Best, best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, it's like, why even trade him? But it was last year. All right. Patriots pod. That's what terrestrial takes is. Um, what other Patriots news we got? Ramon J. Stevenson go to RBs? No, <laughs> nothing to talk about there. Uh, well, we'll kick it with RBs. Uh, I think this is really popular on Twitter, but yet the ADP keeps staying down. Is Michael Carter? I actually, I, I, I invested quite a bit in this Jets offense. Um, they're cheap because they got the, the the Jets discount. No one wants to touch the Jets, uh, and I. I can't blame people, but they've been making a lot of good moves. And if they are going to become the San Francisco of the AFC, uh, I'm perfectly fine taking Michael Carter. Uh, I don't like that people say uh, Robert Sala comes over, so now they're going to be running uh, San Francisco offense. I don't know where the fuck people are getting that from. If you, I don't. You might get to the destination, but you're taking all the wrong avenues here. Like they brought over the Shanahan with them. Like that's probably why they'll be running it. But no, Robert Sala. All right, buddy. That was totally his side of the ball. Right. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck are you talking about? He was calling those plays, right? He had the the, the sheet with all the colors on it. Yeah, he was. He Pretty was. Sure. He was in there with the alignments and the formations. Uh, it's also another gripe is with Anthony Lynn and uh, and uh, DeAndre Swift. Like Anthony Lynn is this RB maestro. Like he he was the coach. He wasn't the offensive coordinator. Like like with with Eckler, you know. Or didn't he play RB though? He did play running back. Uh, he didn't really run the ball. He was more of a special teams guy. But uh, a decent counter though, and why I haven't really said it. But if anybody wanted, to, if anybody was going to go try and make me look stupid, I'll just do it now. The last time he was an offensive coordinator was with Buffalo, and, and Shady McCoy had a good season. So there's that. But but Shady McCoy is also a good back. Yeah, exactly. And so is Swift. I think Swift <laughs> is, is comparable to, to Shady, actually. People are saying Eckler and stuff, and it's like, no, that's not 
the right argument. Like you're still getting to the right destination, but now I'm just being a douche about semantics <laughs> or something. Cause I'm like, no, you're wrong, but you're right. But, but the way you got there was wrong. Like, <laughs> show um, your work, boy. <laughs> yeah. Show your work. Where the hell are we? Michael Carter. Yeah. I was trying to bring up my, uh, my ADP that if, if you guys want to check out, you probably got to pull it up if you want it. Oh yeah. I think Michael Carter is what? 210, 209. 209. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking there every time. He's jumped over Chuba. Chuba, sorry, babe, I'm out. How about Trey Sermon? Or do you want to you want to give us a Michael Carter take? Do you have anything there you want to talk about Trey Sermon? I like Carter, but Carter is a guy that needs good blocking. So if they can give that to him, I'm excited. If they can't, I don't see him running guys over. He's not out running people. Like he gets to the corner when it's well blocked, but he, then he's, you know, he's getting caught 15, 20 yards up. So I could see it as potentially him being decent around the goal line and getting you touchdowns and, you know, getting you yards when it's blocked, but I'm, I'm not sure he's a lead back on his own. No, I don't disagree. It's just a, it's a path to usage that I see with yeah, Carter and, absolutely. And, and what I think will be a decent offense, if not this year, then next year, I, I do think that the Jets offense will be respectable at some point. I think they are finally turning things around. But uh, Trey Sermon, I saw, uh, I saw DLF. He was a fifth round startup pick, but that was one. That was one QB. So it's completely, <laughs> it's completely useless data. So excuse me, sorry, almost a Dwar end right there on the mic. <laughs> but uh, Trey Sermon, he was two oh seven, I think, before the draft. I'm trying to pull that up now. Uh, pre-draft, he was. 209. So he's up from 209 to 205. It's not this huge jump that people are, are making it out to be. Uh, my post-draft data is eight or nine drafts, actual drafts, real rookie drafts, real competitive leagues. So Trey Sermon at 205, I, I think it's a decent value. I don't mind taking him there because that's a big drop-off. It basically comes down to Trey Sermon or Tony. Uh, I, I think it's roster construction, which isn't usually the best argument. But what do you think about Trey Sermon? I think Trey Sermon is a trap. Now, you got to have a little bit of faith that he's in the San Francisco offense. We don't even know which back is the lead back. And we, I would think Trey Sermon's not going to get the valuable touches. He's going to get the grind touches, which unless you have yard per carry, point per carry, or whatever point, some sort of award per carry, it's not really going to matter unless he's getting really good. I think it's the goal line work, too. Yeah, and I don't see that. I just... You don't? I'm sorry. I no, like Wilson was really efficient on the goal line. And you know, Mostert, if he can stay healthy, he breaks off long runs. I just I don't know. I don't I don't see Trey Sermon getting valuable touches. Like right behind him is uh Pat Fryermuth, and I'd rather have him because yep. he's in a really good spot. And I don't even like drafting tight ends early because I don't think it makes sense because I think you just pay to wait. Yeah, but I I think Fryermuth is gonna be on the field because he can block, and there's a lot of opportunity there at tight end for, for the Steelers. So I, I don't know. I, I get it because you, you want the offenses that score points and San Francisco scores points. So there's that opportunity, but I think nine out of 10 times, you're going to be disappointed. So. Yeah. In season long in dynasty, I think you will be disappointed. I think the 49ers is a great zero RB best ball strap, but again, I don't really play best brawl, best brawl, um, best probably best UFC fight of the week. The running back falls off so hard after RB3. I mean, you have Harris at 105, ETN 108, Javante Williams 110. And then after that, I just 
don't really want to touch any of these running backs. Like I'll take Carter at, at the late second because then all the wide receivers are gone. But this, we, I thought this draft was going to be really deep and I still think it, it it's a good draft, but it, it was incredibly top heavy. There was a clear tier cut uh, for me after 14. I mean, it, it gets a little hairy even then, but right after 14, Elijah Moore, let's, let's kick it to wide receivers. Elijah Moore is like, that outside guy that has moved up quite a bit. He's now sitting at 203 pre-draft. He was sitting 210. So he's gotten quite a big jump. He had the draft capital. Uh, he's another guy I've invested quite a bit in, but he got the good landing spot, whereas other people have come down. Uh, Terrace Marshall, which I don't think he got a bad landing spot. It just seems to be perceived that way. Terrace Marshall's come down to 204, and he was at 203. So it's not down that much, but... <laughs> um, I know you're a big Marshall guy. I don't know if you are a big Elijah guy. Real quick, I think there were 14 first-round picks in this draft for, yep. for Dynasty. Moore and Bateman are 201, 202. I think they're first-rounders. I actually really like Elijah Moore. I call him Captain Deadleg because he can literally change directions at full speed, and that is insane. <laughs> um, so you're not going to hear any more hate from me. Me, I debated hard on more and Marshall yesterday because I have a lot of Marshall shares. And I don't have much more just be because of opportunities. Um, I either have second round picks before or after that spot. And in certain spots, Marshall kind of fell to me, but I think more in the slot has a chance to have better volume for fantasy, but I want the upside of potential number one in Marshall, which is why I leaned Marshall as well as, there's a few things, a few nuances that not, not everyone might be paying attention to, or it might be something that everyone's paying attention to. I haven't really been listening to pods this week based on how busy I am, but Marshall is coming back to his college offense. He's going to know the language. He's going to know the type of place that he's going to be in. He's going to know his responsibilities and it could be something he makes an impact on very quickly and his stock drives up. It could be something where you want to sell him if you're not a huge believer but I see that there's a big opportunity for him to really come on the scene and explode and for your ROI to be really good or for him to sustain and still be that guy from a year from now. Yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, getting back with Joe Brady. So my favorite pick of the draft, my best landing spot, and I think a lot of people feel the same, honestly, is uh, Rondell Moore going to Arizona. Uh, Rondell Moore was my wide receiver three Right at the end, uh, Bateman was two and three. But Rondo Moore was my wide receiver, two for like a, for a year plus. Uh, he's back as my wide receiver, two, and he's going at 201. Um, at the back end of this first, like you said, there's 14 first-round picks. Basically, you have a four-man slog of wide receivers and Mac Jones of Waddle, Devante, Rondale, Bateman, and you get your pick of whoever you want there. And I was, I'm, I'm loving taking – Rondale at 112-201. I got him a bunch of places. Uh, you had some great stats, actually, that made me even happier as a Rondale Moore fan. Yeah, so last year, Kyler was eighth in attempts, and three of the players he was behind were Wilson, Roethlisberger, and Brady. And I expect all three of those to go down. So I, it's, it's very likely that Kyler would be top five in attempts, as well as his yards per attempt was 7.1, which is below average, to say the least. And I don't think that we're going to be seeing Rondell um, winning on deep plays more often than he is winning underneath and collecting those seven, eight, nine yard receptions, seven or eight, nine, 10 times a game. You add in a touchdown there, you got 20 points and that's not even a problem. 
Yeah, I think we see multiple 10 target games. I think you see a lot of like eight for 70 lines with, and then maybe a touchdown here and there. I think you'll see a lot of those. I think the same thing with, um, I think Elijah is a little bit a step below, but uh, I meant to compare, like Elijah is going to be a, a beefed up Boyd, I feel. Um, and I think Rondell is just going to be an insane. A lot of people like to say, I mean, this is the most cliche thing on, on Twitter is comparing people to Tyreek. And a lot of people compare him to Tyreek because he's small and athletic and fast. But Tyreek is like a deep, deep threat down the field, but even just down the field, but like, you know, 10, 15 yard outs and stuff. Rondell Moore makes his money within the first five to 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he went to the perfect offense for that. I feel like he's just going to, he's going to eat. He's going to eat, man. You got DeAndre Hopkins with the mid to deep. You got everyone's favorite Christian Kirk as the deep threat, I think still. Uh, I love this move for him. This this really hurts Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is decaying now after after Connor and more. I wish I hope you got out of Chase Edmonds when you could. I really like this move. Um, I have to be honest, though. I also really like Devontae Smith. Uh, I like where he went. And I'm not – I'm. It's very apparent. I'm not a, a Hurts fan as people are projecting his ceiling. I think Smith will own targets in that offense. Exactly. I think, I think it actually helps Rager um, I, because Rager can then really compete one-on-one versus the outside coverages or if they move him in the slot or whatever. But I think Rager will be able to win more often. But I think Smith is going to dominate targets in that offense. And I got a couple of shares of him. I'm very happy about it. I went back and looked at uh, Hertz's targets or attempts, and I was actually surprised. He threw a lot more than I thought he did. He did have multiple 30 tar- uh, attempt games. Um, I think it helps everyone in that offense. Uh, Dallas Goddard's getting a little slept on, I think, because of it. People expecting – I feel like people – maybe it was just me, but I thought people were expecting Hertz to throw 15 to 20 times at most and running a lot. And it, didn't, it didn't shape out that way last year, at least. And his yards per attempt was only 7.2. I don't know what the responsibilities are because I feel like both Smith and Rager are more deep threats a lot of the time. I don't think, I don't think Devontae really is actually. I think he is a more, not underneath, but he does a lot of work underneath. I mean, he does well, do think, some deep I think he threat, can win. But... I think he can win faster underneath, which makes it easier for Hertz to find him. Yeah. Like compared to Rager, who I don't think is very good at running rounds. I don't think he's very good in general. Oh, how about Dwayne Eskridge? Oh, okay. I, I I thought they took him in a spot that you had to pay attention to him now, but I'm wondering what his role is going to be. I because don't, I feel like he's just he's a replacement for Lockett that they just locked up. Well, I don't think he's – I guess he could be a replacement for Lockett. He seems like a, a, a super light – like I'm talking like light is, <laughs> is, is not even close to doing it justice. A, a super light – DK, you know, a big outside guy. And they, they took him early, man. And no one seems to give a shit. He's going 310. He's going at the end of the third. Like, I don't know. He's, he's definitely a value there. I mean, he's, he's going after Brevin Jordan from Andre. I mean, I'll take, I don't have any Dwayne Eskridge, but that's a guy that it really hurts my locket take because I was like, I was really high on locket as being a guy who'll get a ton of targets and you won't see as much blow up, but you should see his floor come up. And I don't think he'll be affected by Eskridge this year. I feel like Eskridge is going to be a complete, a bust this year. I, I'll, I'll just say it. Not a bust. That's not the right word. I don't think he'll be used this year. I don't think he'll see the field much. I don't think he'll get many targets. So that's what I'm, that's my take on it. 
but I think they're looking. But then why do you take Eskridge? He's almost 30, right? I had uh, one other receiver take I wanted to bring up. Yep. And it was Des Fitzpatrick. Now, he wasn't really someone I was paying too much attention to before the draft, before the NFL draft took place. So I went back and kind of was able to look a little bit. I, I looked not at film, but I was looking more at highlights because I you know, was doing it in a condensed way while I was traveling. But from what I'm seeing, you know how, how like, and I, I don't want this at all to be misconstrued about what I'm about to say, but you know how like Robert Woods plays where he yeah. like wins underneath and he's a, he's a lot of receptions, but then he'll find like the deep. From what I saw college-wise, Des kind of played like the underneath way that Robert Woods would play without like the deep stuff because he was, he'd get receptions and then he'd get cornered or caught, caught down trying to like make a move. So I don't see there's like any really take the top off the defense. But I, I do like his ability and his willingness to work underneath. And he's going in the fourth round. And anyone that works underneath has a chance for, you know, multiple target or, or double-digit target games. And I think that's something to pay attention to, especially because Tennessee runs a lot of those, like, option or underneath slant or crosser routes with all of their receivers, like especially A.J. Brown. So, and we know A.J. Brown isn't always the healthiest. And I'm not saying he can replace AJ Brown whatsoever, but there's going to be those underneath targets that Tannehill likes to, likes to throw. And I think that there's an opportunity for Fitzpatrick to have some games in which he scores points. I just don't know on, on the consistency basis. Totally valid take. Another guy that I'm not high on, because I didn't even have him ranked. I didn't really know him, honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest. But um, Josh Palmer, uh, this is a this is a narrative thing where I I I'm, I see the narrative in my head and I like what the possibility is and the narrative is he has a chance to be Justin Herbert's wide receiver too. He's going at three eleven. They took him pretty early. He's got good size. Didn't play much. Didn't have much production. But I, I will pay three eleven for a chance to have Justin Herbert's wide receiver too. This really hurt my my perception of my Guyton shares. Yep, same because. Here. I'm like, oh, he could be like the the Keenan injury replacement. Like when Ke- if Keenan gets hurt, which I'm not even I'm not even trying to play into that rhetoric because I know it's not true. But if something were to happen to Keenan, Guyton's the guy that could you know do 70 percent of what Keenan does, and that would be fantastic. I think you have to pay attention. I forget where <laughs> his name slipped my mind. Three eleven. Josh Palmer. Yeah, you have no. to pay attention to Josh Palmer. So, you got to pay attention to three eleven and what he can. <laughs> well, because if he's the number two in a Justin Herbert led offense, you got to you know it's going to be important. Another guy that I that I don't have anywhere, but I I mean he has another path to usage is Amir Smith Marset out of uh, Iowa going to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota led the league in explosive plays last year. There you have you know Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson, but there's really not much left after that. I mean, they brought in Rick, Ricky Prohl's son. So I just think there's a path to usage there for Amir Smith. and um, Dan Beebe's son as well. Yep, that's right. <laughs> um, Smith is super light Devontae Smith, I feel. You know, a little um, smaller build, but he's not as quick. He's not as good, but... He has, he's that type of player, I feel. And if he has the path to usage, that's what, that's what I like to look for. Eventually, like their prospects and their profiles will only mean so much. Like if they don't have a path to usage, if they were drafted like shit and they're behind a bunch of players, like I don't, I don't care what your breakout age is anymore. I'm sorry. Like 
if you don't, what's your chance of breaking out now in the NFL, you know, like making the profiles, I think are, are fine. Or is it good? It's good for pre-draft and like finding out these prospects, getting an idea on them. Once you're in the NFL, I mean, that shit don't, doesn't help you much anymore. In my opinion. I agree. I mean, yeah, it's, they're nice predictors, but like your college stats are not going to help you score in the NFL. Last one I want to talk about is Simi Fajoko. What'd you call uh, me? I actually got, I, I think he's solid. <laughs> but uh, I actually got, I got, was it snooped? Snooped? Snop? Snop? Your tongue's got to go numb. Snop? Oh. I don't okay, know. Okay. Snoop, snoop, snoop. <laughs> I don't know something like that. In a in a startup, we took our we did our rookie picks in the startup, and I actually got a startup by John <laughs> Dynasty Coach A. He took him late, and I was like, no, because he was somebody I was trying to keep under the radar. But he went to Dallas, and I don't know what his ceiling is, but I think he's a solid receiver. And same as with um, uh, the receiver out of Iowa, they're they're perfect stashes for just in case something happens or. Um, someone gets hurt or someone moves on that they could fall right into place. Yeah. For those who don't know, uh, a snut is uh, a typo of a snipe and uh, it's just never died. Oh, what happened was we were in a Harry Potter league startup and we were, instead of sniping, everyone was snaping. You get snaped. And then I typed too fast and snut and we've just run, run with it. Yeah, nothing much else I really want to talk about. I mean, what are we going to talk about, Chase? Yeah, I like Chase. Chase is good. I like him going to Cincy. I mean, shit, you've heard it all. I like Chase going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, oh, they didn't talk about Amon Ra being the top target in Detroit. No, I don't give a shit. Tony? I mean, Tyrell Williams is going to be the top target in Detroit, so. Who will be the top target in Detroit? Is it Hawk? I mean, Well, it could be Hawk, but top wide receiver target, I'm going Tyrell. That's pretty. That's pretty bold. I like it though. Is it Cephas? I have one share of Cephas, and I'm very happy I got that one share this year. I got a share, but nobody wants it. I tried to get rid of it after 11 targets, and even the nerds wouldn't take him. Is this in the happy hour? I don't know, man. I'm in. T- I'm, in I'm in too many leagues now. Uh, I, I wasn't talk in about this after. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't in tons of leagues last year. I was in like five or six. I'm in like twelve or thirteen now. And dude, that's exactly how I feel. And three of them are on MFL, and I'm just like, why <laughs> MFL? I like MFL, and I commission a league on MFL, and I've been asking people to move over to sleeper, and they don't. <laughs> they, they don't want to. <laughs> so uh, I'm okay with it. It's just like it, it, for commissioning, it would make it easier, and it would make me have to check one less app. Um, Tight ends. I mean, real quick, I guess. Uh, Pitts. I have thoughts on Pitts. I have legitimate thoughts on Pitts. I, I got thoughts on Pitts on Pitts on Pitts. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't big on Pitts pre-draft. I was like 108, 109 early. You're stupid. Uh, I've taken him at 105, 106. I've gotten quite a bit of Pitts because I hate waiting on tight ends. I'm a big tight end. Uh, not truther hater i guess i don't like drafting him in rookies because i would rather take the position player and hope to hit and trade for him but man trading for these tight ends is such a pain in the ass right now i've paid up and i hate paying up for tight ends i feel fucking gross i feel like i feel right now because i haven't showered in two days i need to go take a shower because i just traded for kittle and i paid out the ass for him yes you did (sighs) but i had irv smith and that's it that's i'm usually like Okay, I feel all right if I have a tight end, but I just 
I don't know. Hopefully Irv hits. The good thing about tight ends is they never seem to drop in value for some reason. You took Irv as like a mid-second and you can still get that. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, thoughts on Pitts. Where are we? I'm lost. Okay. I truly believe that the positional advantage, especially at a, like a top three tight end, when they're actually producing like that, is huge. It's worth its weight in gold because everyone else is like a little bit behind you. But I don't like paying for a guy that hasn't played yet, who basically value-wise is the tight end one in Dynasty. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Is it, it's Arthur Smith, right? Yep. The new coach for the Falcons? Yeah. What did he do with Janu? I think he completely fucked up Janu, didn't he? So we're expecting a coach that didn't know how to use a tight end prior is going to be able to figure it out with the best tight end prospects we've seen in 20 years. Uh, let's hope. Otherwise, you've overpaid. Let's just say for whatever reason, he doesn't produce like he like he was supposed to in year one. You've lost a whole year of production. Where if you are already a contender, you've lost a whole year of production with the rest of your roster. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I'm, I don't bet an eye when people pick him 105. I just think there's a lot of risk. I don't disagree. His ADP is 104. He is the one QB 101 if we took out the three quarterbacks in front of him. So that's pretty wild to me. I mean, Chase, crazy. Chase has fallen down to six. I guess we didn't really talk about Chase because everyone knows he's falling. He's at six and you can see him at seven. It depends on Wilson where people, I mean, it's literally, he's, he's going, his ADP is 5.6. Wilson's is 5.7. Like they are right there together. ETN's locked in at eight. He's pretty much just locked in at eight. It's inconceivable for him to drop to nine. It, it, the world would fucking fold on itself, Crescent. Love you, bud. Don't call me out. Um, I, I saw a guy trade AJ Brown, a future 2023 first and 2023 second for T. Higgins and Mac Jones. That's gross. I, uh, people think I overpaid for Fields, but I like the deal. He I mean, when you look at it, my board. When you look at it big picture, it's definitely not that bad. We did have to bring this up. I almost forgot. I don't have the trade in front of me, but you gave up a future first to move up a pick. I did. And when you look but at I it also got, that way. I also got a second back and a future third, which we don't project picks, but the owner is Omega, who is trying to tank. So I would like to say that that pick is not going to be too low. But I then traded that future sec- or that, that second and another second and I traded that and then Omega's first to Omega so he could tank for <laughs> a future first 201 and 203, which allowed me to take Bateman and Rondale Moore. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, that's pretty hot. Yeah, it's just when you first look at it. And, and of course, who you traded with, Aaron Wilcox, the fucking Reaper, who just just keeps winning trades. Every time he makes a trade, I'm going to post the Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep getting away with this. Like I'm gonna post that every time though. What's the chances that, or what are the chances though that he was he was targeting Harris there at 10104? Oh zero. He's gonna take a quarterback. Okay. In my mind, I was trading up from 105 to 102 yep. because he's the second player on my board. So I I would think in a lot of cases you're gonna see that being paid. We had another league where someone traded from 108 to 105 to take Najee and they paid a future first to take Najee. I'm taking a quarterback at least. Yeah, I would take Pitts or Chase. I don't, I don't have any Najee, actually. Um, Me neither, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not happy about it, but I just would not – I wouldn't take him until – I mean, it's so close between him and ETM. It's 107, 108. Like, I'll just take whatever running back I can get, and usually 
it's Javante at 110. <laughs> I like Javante. I'm just so worried about him scoring points in the first year. So I feel like you're wasting a whole good year of actual running back production. I think but, he has just as good a chance to score points as the other two, to be completely honest. I'm really happy we never finalized our Melvin Gordon bet. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I relished in that. I was rolling in shit. I, I was I was rolling in good shit. I don't know, pig and shit. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I was rolling in feces. <laughs> um, yeah, Melvin Gordon top 24 stands. You can fucking doors right there, guy. <laughs> no, my bet. My bet was based on Miles Sanders production. Yeah. You, the door is right there, guys. I, what if I came walking through your door right now? <laughs> I would say, why, you are say? We, why are we doing this over Zoom right now? <laughs> why couldn't I hear you in the hallway, man? That's so weird. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Miles Sanders is going to score 30% more than Melvin Gordon. That was the bet, and it just got sexier. All right, I got two questions for you. I want to know your most overrated landing spot and most underrated landing spot. Which player is getting too hyped based on their landing spot, and which player is getting underhyped based on their landing spot? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Mac Jones to the Patriots. It's not really affecting his ADP too crazily. He's at 112, but it's just like everyone's like, this is the perfect spot. Like he's gonna be Brady, and like they'll always say, I'm not saying he's Brady. I'm not saying he's Brady, but he's gonna look and play just like Brady. And I think it's getting so overblown. Uh, he's gonna do- <laughs> he has dog shit to throw to. He's behind Cam Newton. Uh, I took Mac Jones early. I had to take him at like 109 because I did. I needed a quarterback. I think you should be after the wide receivers at like 202, 203. That's the, that would be my most overrated because I don't really know. I don't really know if anyone else is getting too overrated. I mean, Chase, but Chase is falling. He's at 106. Uh, Lance, but I think Lance is. Spot is really good. I don't think it's overhyped. Amon Rossi Brown maybe is getting a little too hyped because he's the only guy there. Like the path to usage is there, but then everything else is dog shit. Like another thing, no one wants golf. So you want all these weapons though. And then the least hype is easy. It's Rashad Bateman. Uh, people fading Rashad Bateman because he's in Baltimore. I'll, I'll buy. I'll buy that dip at two hundred two all day. It's Bateman. The the. Being a Marshall stan, I would say Marshall as well, because people are like, oh, it's Carolina. But like he knows that system, but it's absolutely Bateman. Yeah. Uh, underrated. This is one. It's besides Bateman, the obvious one. Diami Brown. Diami Dynamic Brown to Fitz Magic. Like, I'm not the biggest, I was not the biggest Diami guy, but his play style with Fitz's play style of YOLO. Fucking chucking it. That is so perfect for Diami Brown. Just chucking it up to him deep. That's exactly what he needed. For those of you listening to the podcast, he rolled his chair back, covered his mouth so he could yell, and then threw a an invisible football towards me in, in my Zoom call. I was method acting. I was Fitzpatrick. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, Diami's great. Um it would be really interesting to see what they do when they get um, a quarter, the quarterback of like their dreams. Or even, I was thinking about this earlier, if Rodgers would go east, that could yeah. be a really fun offense to play with. That would that would be a good spot. I, I want to know what happens with Davis Mills. I don't know if he's going to be good, but like, it, this, is this an opportunity for them to say, hey, we're a bad team. We're just going to try everybody out and not going to play Tyrod because 
We're not trying to win. And uh, maybe he gets a start. I, I mean, he know. is. I think they go with Tyrod, and then they puncture his lung and bring Mills in, and maybe maybe Tyrod is the predecessor to another flourishing quarterback career. But I don't think so. I think at best he's like a a, a clipboard Jesus villain. I would prefer Mond later. I think Mond could be a a, a great ROI in future, uh, where he's an early forties. He's four four oh three right now. All right. You got a gripe of the week, Tim? Um, I'll let you do yours first because I have to try to figure mine out. So. All right. Uh, my gripe of the week is today I went to Taco Bell for lunch. I ordered on the app, and then I get there. And I ordered, you know, walk in, take out my food because the line is always crazy at lunchtime. And the door's locked. I can't get in. They won't come answer the fucking door. I can't get my food. I can't cancel the order. Uh, so I have to get in line at the drive through you know, 13, 14 cars deep in the middle of the road causing traffic. I finally get to the to, to the to the drive-through window, and she's like, "What do you want?" I said, "I have a mobile order. I I already paid, but you won't open the door. We don't have that. Okay, but I already paid. It's right here. No, we don't have that order. I was like, "Bitch, make my fucking order. I have ten minutes left on my lunch break." So I eventually got my order, but that's my gripe of the week: is Taco Bell just uh, mismanaged. The, the lady was nice. I didn't call her a bitch. Obviously, I was just pissed. You know, I think I'm gonna not have a gripe of the week that's good i like that i can't i can't think of anything that sticks out damn and... i i struggle to think of highlights man you're in the right state of mind what's your highlight so i'll go with my homerism and for terrace marshall getting back with his college coordinator that's pretty good I like that. <laughs> that's a good highlight my highlight of the week is my draft gambling outcomes so if you listened last week when we had Elliot on, uh, he killed it, and in turn I killed it. I released a uh, degenerate dilemma on the Contender Connection, where my written articles are. You can find those in my link tree. And the action I got last week was third overall pick Trey Lance plus three hundred for fifty bucks. So that's one hundred and fifty. First non-QB selected, Kyle Pitts, uh, minus 150 for 30 bucks. I don't know. That's like, what, 20 bucks one? First running back selected, Najee Harris. Which wide receiver from Bama drafted first? Uh, Waddle. First defensive player drafted, J.C. Horn. Uh, I hit every single bet. I also had another bet on Najee Harris, first running back. I had Jamar Chase, first wide receiver. And then I had Chase Harris, Sewell, first at position. I hit every single pick. I won like 800 bucks. Highlight of the week. Easy. My boy. So get that bread. Yeah. Now everyone's going to be like, damn, I'm going to check out the next degenerate dilemma. I'm going to fucking bomb. <laughs> I don't know. The next one's probably going to be, uh, it's probably going to be totals because we got the schedules coming out next week. So I'll probably. Oh, yes. Finally. Yep. So I, I'm sure that'll probably be our next topic on here if it's out in time. And uh, yeah, I'll probably write up my total bets. But yeah, anything else for the people, Tim? No. Uh, celebrate those Scott Fishbowl invites if you get them. I'm still waiting to see if I can get in. We got some friends that are in, so we want to celebrate all together. Yeah, our quarter of Twitter started getting their invites. I was pretty pumped for them. So yeah, if you're in, good for you guys. Uh, maybe we'll join you. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. So thanks for listening and we'll uh, catch you next week. Bye.